Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hammer, we've got the Lakers tonight. We, we haven't spent a ton of time talking about that. Let's start with, before we get to the game, Let's start with the news that your friend over at the Kings Beat uh, posted just a few minutes ago. Uh, it looks like Trey Lyles is inching his way closer to a return. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, we've been wondering. Um, you know, it was about two weeks ago now. We got Trey Lyles after practice. We saw him go through a full workout. Uh, but it's good. He's now officially been cleared, it appears, for uh, full contact. Uh, you know, that means he can go back to practice. Uh, it's going to take him a little while. You know, this is he's been down for, I don't know, a better part of a month. At yeah, this he hasn't point, played right? a regular season game. Yeah. yeah, and and even the last preseason games he was out, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, uh, and that's going to change a lot of things, I, I, I believe. Um, you know, I think it, it gives Primarily? You, well, it gives you the opportunity to go small ball. Mm. Uh, it also, you know, I think it gives you an opportunity to use Keegan Murray more at the three. And, you know, it's something that, like, if he's going to run out there and defend Donovan Mitchell like he's a all-NBA defender, well, that means you, you're a three now. You're no longer just a four. And, you know, you might be able to play additional positions. So uh, that's a good thing for the Kings. But I think that Trey Lyles coming back, there there will be a spot there for him. And it won't all come at the expense of Sasha Vzinkov. So um, help me, uh, we'll rewind just a little bit, help me and others um, get a grasp on this. So we saw Trey like going through rehab and like sweating and almost couldn't even get two words out because he was still tired mm-hmm. the other day and it, or a couple weeks ago or whatever. And we see footage of him on the opposite court doing stuff. The When they're doing that, are they just trying to see how it responds, like the calf responds, and they won't let him practice until it responds with like, without hurting or something? Like, how does that process go? Yeah, I think for every injury it's different, but for this one specifically, like, everyone was there. Like, the medical staff, the training staff, they're all watching. The coaching staff, they're all watching him. And, you know, there's probably five or six guys on the court. You're trying to make sure that nothing looks weird to you. And and then not only that, you get done, you see how he recovers the next day, even the day after that, and see how his body responds to it. And you have to take it slow. And and we talked about this. Once you get past the actual injury itself, now it's time to rebuild the strength in the calf. And that can take that can take two weeks. Yeah. You know, so we don't know how long it's gonna be. Uh, but it's good that he's been going through these really, you know, rigorous workouts for the last two weeks. Cause that means that he's 
there is a path forward for him uh, where, you know, like there wasn't last week. So I, I don't know if it'll be uh, on the six-game road trip. I don't know if it'll be halfway through the six-game road trip, but expect him to be on the court relatively soon, and that's a good thing for the Kings. You talked about his minutes potentially not coming all at the expense of Sasha Vazenkov, who's who seems to have gotten a little bit more comfortable over the, the, the last handful of games. His minutes got to come from somewhere, and it feels like, at least at this exact moment, Harrison Barnes might be a prime candidate to give up some of those minutes. Um, I, I think that there are other minutes you can steal before that, but yeah, it's on the list. So I, I think mean, Mike is more willing to steal Harrison Barnes minutes than he's ever been before. Because we saw, I mean, we saw it. Like in, yeah. in, in mm-hmm. defense of not not trying to, you know, crap on Harrison Barnes, we, we saw him exit in the third quarter a couple of nights ago and never return. Yeah, I, I would say before you get to Harrison Barnes minutes, because defensively he has been perfectly <clears throat> fine. Like you can look at the the numbers, uh, the defensive metrics say he's actually playing really well defensively. Before you get to Harrison Barnes, it it's got to come from Chris Duarte. Sure. So that's your first easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, every time I watch him play, it's just a foul fest. And, you know, I know this sounds crazy. Chris Duarte may need to go to the G League for two weeks and just play. Just play. And, and I don't know if the Kings will do that. But, look, he's Can a, you do that? Yeah, he's a third-year player. Oh, oh, no. He's a third-year player. He can be allocated... Okay. To the G League without any question. Hmm. I'm just watching a guy who just needs to run and like kind of get get the crazy out and settle down because it's it's really tough to watch. And so <clears throat> I think Harrison Barnes, you know, again is on the list. But if you cut Harrison to say 28 minutes, I think that's already happening though mm-hmm. because it, it's not just the Keegan Murray thing. And it's not just a Trey Lyles coming back or the Sasha starting to improve. Kevin Herter's rebounding has made him a prime target to play more and more three. Mm. Like we're talking about a six foot seven dude. Like he can go over there and play some three, right. especially if you want to get more Monk on the court. Like that's the way you do it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Least, I mean, I mean, I, I'm always looking at uh, Harrison Barnes as, like I mentioned before, a guy where, you know. <laughs> We'll see how he's playing in that first quarter, in that first stint. If he looks like he's into it, locked in, and affecting the game, give him more minutes. If he looks like he's going to do the disappearing act thing, move on. I felt like that's what happened in that second half on Monday. He played six minutes in that second half. And he just kind of looked at what was going on. And if he doesn't want to get involved in impacting the game, then we'll just go with the guys who, who who are out here really making it happen. Yeah, I would just caution everybody too. Like, look, this guy is the number five option on the offensive side of the ball now. Like, look around the league. What are other top? What are their number five options? You know, like when Kevon Looney is starting, like he's getting six points. You're not running anything for Looney, right? But just keep going down the list of all the teams. You know, your Robert Covingtons of the world, your PJ Tuckers of the world. Like these guys that are the other guy with all the other players. And it's okay for Harrison Barnes as long as his defensive metrics hold up. So that's what, that's where I was going to stop you. All those guys that you just named, they're doing something. No one getting six points, but he's getting 11 rebounds. P.J. Tucker may not get no shots, no uh, rebounds, but he's out there defending, making life hard for somebody else. 
Harrison can't be the fifth option doing nothing. We'll find another fifth fifth option to do that. No, I, I got what you're saying, but I, I would tell you that Harrison Barnes has been better than you think defensively. And like we talked about this a couple of days ago, but I think even his last, I it it doesn't always look that way. But yeah, at what point do I believe my eyes? Because it doesn't seem like he's playing well defensively, James, and that's where I get. And we even brought this up the other day. I, I, I said, I bet James got numbers that says Harrison's playing fine. Hmm. Sometimes I look at him on the defensive end, and, and I've said this a million times, I try not to judge too much on the defensive end because so much of it is involved in what the team is doing, yep. and you don't know what everyone's assignment is, and you don't know what you might think you saw from Harrison Barnes might actually be the fault of someone on the other end. So we try to be careful with that. But I've seen Harrison at times this year going, man, it's, it doesn't look like that's HB's defense right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how else to look at it. Like, if I go through the NBA's tracking for defense, I mean, he's mm-hmm. averaging overall, he's a negative point, point uh, seven percent for his <clears throat> for his opponent. Mm-hmm. So his opponent's standard shooting percentage is forty eight percent. He's holding them to forty seven point three. And he's a negative in every single category. Greater than 15 feet, negative 1.1. Two-pointers, negative 1.1. Less than six feet, negative 2.9. Three-pointers, negative 0.1. So it's not way better, and we're not talking about him as a defensive player of the year candidate, but Mm -hmm. when we look at a player who's playing 30 minutes a night, shooting 40% from three, and is at least at, you know, an even-steven defensive guy... Mm -hmm. That's really solid. Like, you can say, hey, the Kings need a 3 and D guy. Just point to Harrison Barnes. Like, he, at this point, he has basically been relegated to a 3 and D guy. A guy who stands in the corner and who plays defense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we all remember, because it was such a loud 38 points, the, the game that Jeremy Grant had. But overall, do you remember Jalen Williams having a big game for the Oklahoma City Thunder? No, he had a horrible game. Like, and you can go through a lot of, and you remember Andrew Wiggins having a big night? The Golden State? No, I don't remember Andrew Wiggins having a big night. I, I never remember anything that Andrew Wiggins does. <laughs> but I think that that's kind of where we're at with Harrison. He's kind of, like him and Andrew Wiggins are almost identical as far as player, player-wise. player They are. I mean, the stats, like, bear it out. And I, I'm going to get you a Harrison Barnes jersey. I, I'm just saying, that's the numbers say it. Like, I don't. Like so I why, tell you, why didn't the, he play the number, in the fourth What the numbers say about JaVale? What the numbers say about JaVale? <laughs> yeah, I, the numbers are probably going to say JaVale's really good. But the time. numbers also looked really, really good for Hassan Whiteside. Oh, so no. Just saying. Oh, no. I'm just well, saying. Well, now what do you want me to do? What the hell am I supposed to do with that? So, look, I will tell you. <laughs> what am I going to do now, James? That's right. So, two years ago, like, I harped on this a lot. Harrison Barnes was a bad defender. Overall, he allowed his opponents to shoot 2.4% higher from every spot on the floor. Like, three-pointers. He gave up. He allowed his opponent to shoot 39.8% from three versus 35.3%, which is standard. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Harrison Barnes in that one season was a horrible defender. But I think we, we get away from the fact that he's... He's still here. He's just solid. He's solid all around. He's not spectacular. He's just solid. And you want more points from him. You want more rebounds. But at the same time, like he could shoot less than, you know, the 38 to 40% that he shoots 
throughout his career. He he's made himself into a viable option still. He's just a fifth option. And for me, it's he's a fifth option, and I don't think it's because he's chosen to to be a fifth option. It's because the players around him keep getting better and all of a sudden he keeps sliding down like the the totem pole here and he is what he is now. And I, I think that still if you can get solid out of thirty minutes a game from one position where he's not costing you a bunch here, he's not costing you a bunch there, he's just he's holding his ground even. That's that's where your other guys that are way better than that, your Sabonises and your Fox, they start to make up. What you can't have is a bunch of guys who are huge negatives that all of a sudden Fox and Sabonis have to make up for the huge negatives of one guy. No, we got one guy who's holding his ground. Yeah. So, uh, Look, I, th- I think I look at Harrison Barnes and, you know, it's not really an issue when you don't, rely on it right so fox is playing the way he played on wednesday sabonis is keegan and herders playing you can have harrison not really just being quiet i'm not going to disrespect man but just being quiet out there and it doesn't hurt you the things that i worry about is if the shots aren't falling for keegan and herder and you know fox and sabonis and we say hey you got to step up your game however that may be defensively points rebounds wherever can he still, at the drop of a dime, pick it up, or is he just going to be stuck in that malaise? That's that's kind of what I'm worried about. Well, I think there are two different versions of what you're asking, right? So if all of the Kings are healthy, can Harrison and, and a bunch of guys are having a bad shooting night, can Harrison Barnes step up and be a guy? Totally. I, I believe that. If two of those guys are missing, can Harrison step up and be the guy? I don't know that he can do that anymore. And those are two totally different scenarios because it doesn't matter whether whether Keegan Murray is hitting his threes or Kevin, Kevin Herter is hitting his threes or not. The other team is flying at those guys as if they're going to knock every single one of them down. When they're not there, the game changes. And the same thing goes for Fox. If Fox isn't there, we saw what it looks like. You just gum everything up. You slow down the middle. No one's breaking down. No one's getting paint touches. There are no spray threes. And life becomes really difficult for guys like Harrison Barnes who, A, aren't creating, but, B, aren't getting the ball. Mm. Like, they've cut off the pipeline when Fox isn't there, and so no one is getting the ball. The only ones getting the ball are the guys coming up the high screens. So, like, look, he I don't think I've seen a single set this season where Harrison Barnes is in a two-man game with Demonis Sabonis. Mm. And we did see that last year. Wow. Like, so if you really intend to get him going, go ahead and give it to him. Like, go ahead and put him up there with, with Domas and let let him have five plays and, and a half where, okay, let's see what you got. And maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, but he hasn't got that. I mean, his usage just keeps slipping. He's at like 13 usage, 13%. I mean, he's barely touching the ball at all. So, like, I can't get on a guy for not for having 1.2 assists per game when he never has the ball to pass it. That that would be disingenuous, right? That would be unfair to a guy who's like, hey, how come you're not passing more? It's like, well, why don't you tell me how many times I dribbled this game? Because I bet you it's less than 15. And you're like, okay, that's it's legitimate. So, I mean, we saw the play in the uh, the win the other night where he darted to the to the middle of the key and Sabonis bounced past it to him. 
everyone shrunk up around Harrison, and he kicked it right back to Sabonis with a beautiful layup right in the first quarter. Hmm. The skills are still there. He's just not getting the opportunity. And, like, look, is he still the same player he was, like, four years ago? No. But, you know, I, as much as he's declined, it's, it's like, this much where Harrison Barnes is, I mean, where uh, De'Aaron Fox is, has increased by this much during the same time. Hmm. So we're talking yeah. about incremental losses in what he his athleticism or his skill set is, and they're very minimal. What you're seeing is other players who all of a sudden are are rising up above. And and I'd also like I almost guarantee Mike Brown worked tirelessly for like five games trying to get Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray going. Regardless of winning or losing. We have to get these guys going. We've got to get them to figure out what's happening. And sure enough, you come out the other side of that. They look great. Now it might be time to focus on a guy like Harrison. Let's get him going a little bit. Let's give him some opportunities. Do you think, uh, bring up something Kenny said earlier in this week um, after Kevin Herter's (laughs) game uh, against Cleveland and really the, the last couple of games that he's had, you brought up Mike trying to get Keegan and Kevin going. Do you think... Do you think we are where we are at right now with Kevin Herter if Mike hadn't done what he did in the preseason with Chris Duarte? I I don't think we're, we're, we're where we're at defensively, but the path for Kevin to find his offensive game became like he got lost there for a little while. You know, he's following some, some markers out on a hike and – like saying, you know, he he missed a he missed a marker and he's way out in the middle of nowhere and everyone's like, ate one of the jelly beans. <laughs> where the hell did Kevin go? I was like, I, I don't know. Where's Kevin? Like you're looking around, Kevin. Like what happened? He found his way back to the path, and then next thing you know, he's leading the path, and you're yeah. like, hey, look at that. Good for you, Kevin. But I don't know that that had to happen. Like yes, you need Kevin to be better defensively. I get it, but he. You broke a dude for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he's come back around. He's found himself again. He's he's back to normal. And he's a better player. Yes. So maybe he's a better player because of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also possible that Kevin Herter would have been a better player because he worked really hard in the offseason mm-hmm. and came in, you know, maybe he came in ready to be a better player this year and then had his legs swept out from underneath him and, like, some weird reality check. And it set him off a little bit. It yeah. put him on a wrong path. And, like... It, that's coaching. It, you take your gambles, and mm-hmm. you got to know your players. That's that you can't coach. Everyone says I, I always coach everybody the same. Like, no, you don't. Can't you do don't that. coach everybody the same. Some kids, you know, you got to put extra time in. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that goes into coaching. And I, you know, Mike m- may have miscalculated a little bit, but in the end, it's worked out. In the end, you're five and four. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're two and two and nine right now that, and this whole thing is spinning out, then we'd go back deeper into these conversations, but it's worked out yeah. uh, for him. Yeah. And it's worked out for Keegan. Mm-hmm. Like Keegan's found his way through it. So like not everybody has uh Keegan seems to have more than found his way through it. Keegan seems to be like, um, like exploded his way through it. Like he's starting to look like a different player. Yeah. I think Keegan fully like got too much in his head and all of a sudden looked like a rookie, and the game was going too fast. Hmm. Game slowed down again out of nowhere, like a 
light bulb went off in his head and like both ends of it's crazy yeah it's crazy it feels like you can just pinpoint that dunk and his numbers after that dunk are like at least they feel i don't i don't have the numbers but it feels like after that dunk the numbers are drastically different offensively yeah i think what we're seeing is a player who's who's ascending who's becoming what the kings believe he will be and I think a lot of it, the two things that are so impressive to me is, number one, it's not just a defense because, like he said the other night, I wasn't really a defensive player in college, but, you know, the Kings thought he was a good defensive player in college. And he was, we talked about it, like, during the draft process. Like, he's going to be a middle-of-the-road defender at, at a minimum. Like, you figure he'd be a league-average defender. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can be better, it's because he's worked on his body, which he did. And that's, you know, he talked about all of a sudden, he's like, I'm just more athletic this season than I was last year, which is interesting for a player to say. But that's why, like, being with a training staff for an entire year and working with them every single day and having basketball be your profession is way different than being in college. I mean, we see it. Namias Kata came out of college after four years, um, or maybe it was three years, but he was at college for four years. Mm-hmm. And, but him in, year one versus him in year three, completely different body, completely different. And that's what the NBA is about. It's about like refining and like building these players up and also morphing them into the player you want to be. Right. So I don't think anyone knew whether Keegan was going to be a full-time three or a full-time four. And those are two different player styles, two body types that you have to build them up for. Like, do you want to gain gaining 20 pounds and like really building up upper body so he can defend fours or, do you want to slim him down and, you know, work with a quick twitch muscle and like try to get him to be more of a three and whatever they're doing, they found like a happy medium where he's excelling and you add that to the offensive game. And I think we're starting to see a player that, you know, again, he's going to get the benefit of playing in a great system for scoring like for right now, but there will come a point where his skill level transcends the system, which is, realistically it's who De'Aaron Fox is. Mm-hmm. He's the guy whose skill set transcends the system. It goes well beyond what this system is. And then you got system players who are developing and like I, I think Keegan Murray has all kinds of potential. Well, let's just hope Keegan never says one day I am the system. Well because yeah. then that would be a disaster. And the Kings would be 0 and five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, everything that you said though spot on Noham and you also talk about um <clears throat> It, it feels like I've never been a rookie in the NBA, so I don't know. But it feels like that first, from the from the last day of your college basketball season to the last day of your rookie season, seems like a complete whirlwind. Like you're getting ready for the draft. You get drafted. You're all over the place. You're trying to get used to the NBA. You're getting used to being a professional. Then you got to learn a new system. Then it's so much more intense. Like it's just a lot going on mm-hmm. for 12 months. And when the last game of your rookie season ends, you take a deep breath, analyze, okay, what do I need to do to get better? And it slows down. And that's when you get to work on your body. You get to work on your athleticism. And and you just get a better feel for being a professional. And it seems like that's something that we're seeing from Keegan Murray. Yeah, I'll go back to my conversations with Doug Christie, right? So Doug, out of nowhere, got pulled up to – uh, to Luke Walton's coaching staff, mm. right? And that first year, you could watch Doug taking notes every single day, taking notes in his little green handbook and marking down all of these things that he's learning every single day. And he's 
But I watched him do this as a as a broadcaster too, like taking notes, meticulous notes. You got like to fifteen games into the season, and and all kinds of hell breaks loose. You know, whatever it was, seventeen games when they fire Luke Walton, right? Mm-hmm. And and Doug is still sitting there writing in his notebook. Then we get to the Alvin Gentry sec- segment of the season, and then we have the situation where Doug, where Alvin gets sick, and Doug has to step in and coach for a couple of games, right? Mm-hmm. So you get to the end of the season and still pretty wild in hindsight. It all of it was wild. Like yeah, Doug was the coach. Our friend Doug, (laughs) like the coach, coach. coach. Yeah, he was the coach there. But I I think what we did, uh, like when you asked Doug, like how is it going? What are you learning? He's like, I haven't had time to process anything that I'm learning. I just have time to write it down so I can go back and go through my notes at the end of the season and track everything that happened, like play it out of my head. And then I can start building off of that. I can start learning from there. And I was like, okay. So I, I bring this up about Keegan because I think it's the same. Like Keegan had to go through that rookie season. He had to have all of this information jammed into his head and all of these responsibilities that he wasn't ready for. And, you know, by the end of the season, you, you get to the end of the year, every player, I, I think, every single player should go away for two or three weeks Go to some tropical area, relax, love on your family because you've missed them the whole year, reset yourself. But while you're there about halfway through, you know, with any vacation, you start out and you're just getting acclimated to where you're at. But by the end, you're like ready to go home, right? There's that sweet spot in the middle where you can really have some self-reflection. And that's when you start processing the information of the season and how do I get better? And if you haven't taken notes and you just think that, like going out into a gym. I've seen plenty of players that clearly didn't take any mental notes. Then they get into the offseason and they start working on things that they they know are going to be part of their game. And it's nothing that a coach has asked for. You know, like I've told you guys a story about Hassan Whiteside went away when he was young. He went away and like he worked on this specific move again and again and again. He came in and perfected the move. And he goes up against the guys in practice and they're like, yeah, bro, that's a travel. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean that's a travel? Uh, you just took four steps. That's a travel. And it was like, whole off season's done. Like you bulked up way too heavy and you trashed your knee in the first day of training camp because you put too much weight on. Like there has to be an idea of who you're going to be and what the plan is for you. And that's why a good coaching staff, a good training staff will put you on the right path. Mm-hmm. But the player also has to buy in 100% to what they're saying. It can't be following... And just blindly going, hey, I, you know, I have no reason why I'm running from point A to point B. You have to understand why you're doing it in in that second summer, in that that first summer after your rookie season. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think like Keegan is translating it right now, and, and that's good. And you know, even the first couple of weeks of the season, I think we're still having Keegan, like, he's just still going through all the things he's worked on throughout the summer, trying to get better, and not really sinking in and like settling down and being ready to be on the court and and playing 35 to 38 minutes a game. Like this kid's going to play a ton. Mike Brown is going to put him in at like, like 37, 38 minutes. He's going to like go to him again and again and again. He doesn't really get in foul trouble. He hits his shots. Like this is going to be like the taking off point for Keegan, I think. Mm. And if the Lakers decide he's playing, he's probably going to guard LeBron James tonight. Yeah. And if not LeBron, he's going to draw like, Rui Hachimura, one possession. Christian Wood, another possession. Yeah. Like, this is becoming, like, your everything. Um, 
And, and to me, that's a good thing. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll talk much more uh, Kings basketball uh, with uh, our insider of the insiders. Uh, it's James Ham here with D'Lo and Casey on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back here. Kings, uh, Lakers night. Kings on ESPN. And Friday TV. Absolutely. Same with Friday. Back to back national champ. National champ. National TV game. Is Mark on the call? Mark's on the local call. I think I saw him say he's going to be on with Katie. Hmm. Okay. I think I saw a tweet that said that. I I know it seemed like it'd be simple to just have him on ESPN, but I think he. I think I saw a tweet or like hire Katie for the day and like simulcast. Yeah, there you go. Because he he was he was talking, you know, you know, Mark Jones. He he was talking about he was in the sky with his Rolex on. Well, you know, and he said he wear was, your blessings. Yeah, he's, here he is. Uh, got my Rolex on the plane. Gonna watch time fly. Wheels up. Sacramento Kings versus Lakers Wednesday night with KT. Okay. I feel like everything Mark Jones says feels like you could put it to a, a beat. I think a lot of it is. Rick, uh, I was going to say, Mark Jones raps or talks like Rick Ross raps. Just like yeah, elegance, I mean, like nah, big time. Like I'm, Yeah, it makes I'm you feel broke. Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> like I, like I, you get around Mark Jones five minutes, like, man, I need, to, <laughs> I need a side hustle or something. Like I need, I need to step my game I need up. To step my, I got to do better, man. <laughs> I got to do better. I love Mark. Mark's such a good dude. Yeah, Mark is fantastic. Um, let's talk a few minutes about the captain. Aaron Fox, El Capitan, uh, returned to the lineup, and the Kings scored a million points. Is it that simple? I mean, we all, pretty much everyone did the math. You score 127 when, uh, on average, when De'Aaron is around. You don't when he's not. Is it that simple? I think the crazy thing is the pace wasn't even fast. Like, they scored 132 with, like, a 99 pace. Mm. Like, they haven't even ramped it up. So, yes, I think it is that simple. Like, he's that good. He's that dude right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, we everyone wants to talk about how great Shea is and all that stuff. It's like, okay, 
Like De'Aaron Fox is that good. Yeah. So uh, I kind of want to see him from uh, like he needs to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. But I also think they gave him a couple extra days here to make sure that he was as close to healthy as possible. He did say that. Um, yeah, that stood out to me. What you about to see? Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of spots where he took a step that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So there are still things in there that he like knows, uh, and he's got to try to avoid. It's yeah, like he the walks stopping. funny a couple of times uh, quickly so when he stops. Yeah, like the hard stops are that, bad for him. That play at the end of the third quarter, you know, he took a stop and he got fouled, and he was just at the free throw line trying to. Mm. That's what it's going to be sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, coming off a rolled ankle. You're going to kind of kind of spark that thing up a little bit, and it takes yeah, 30 seconds to just kind of work through it a little bit, and we saw that maybe a handful of times on, on He had like a fidgety movement when he was at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Like it was like De'Aaron doesn't normally do because he was kind of like hunched over, and I was like, is he trying to catch wind? Like what is he doing? It hurt. The, yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it, it was. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to shake it off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're right, James. He's that dude. He is he is that good right now, and it was amazing to see versus Cleveland. Yeah, I think you even saw the energy of the other players around him. Mm-hmm. Just like we started seeing Kevin Herter play with a different energy in the second uh, Houston game. Mm. You saw it. You're like, huh? Look at that. Kevin's running faster. He's he's hitting his cuts harder. Like he's more engaged right now. You see it. He's moving quicker. You're like, hey, that looks. That looks a little different, even like. But I think we saw a lot of it last year, and we kind of forgot because he had such a bad preseason, a bad start. Maybe even you know going back to the playoffs. But then you see him start to pick it up, and then all of a sudden you see Keegan. You're like, oh, all of a sudden Keegan's playing with a little different bounce in his step. So you start to see these players before Fox got back. You start to see okay, the shots are falling. Keegan's got more energy because the shots are falling. You could tell. Kevin's got more energy because his shots start to fall. But then you get Fox on the court, and it's the speed and the pace that they played with before with Fox. But just Fox wasn't there. So all of a sudden, they stood out. You're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, I mean, again, Fox just brings so much to the table. He draws so much attention. It helps Sabonis. It helps helps everybody on the court, no question. And I love that they're playing more – Malik Monk with De'Aaron Fox. Like, because they've all of a sudden they started yeah. doing that a lot early on. And these guys are playing like three or five minute stretches in the first, second quarter where they're on the court together because that's such a dynamic duo and they have such good chemistry together. And we saw that, that incredible bounce pass by Malik where oh, he dropped it down yeah. and Fox caught it and jammed it. Uh, yeah. Like, those are things, those are moments where you got to build and it changes the momentum in the entire building. And you get those guys on, you know, you get the crowd on your side mm-hmm. and it's momentum shifts. And yeah, I mean, I I just hope that this is a year where he starts to get the recognition that he deserves because it's it's really starting to snowball just how good he is. Yeah. yeah he and 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 one of the things that I, I saw that it felt like he um was able to feed off of and the Kings feed off of. And hopefully I, I really hope this is the case. They're starting to feel really good about themselves at home. And they're starting to build confidence at home and they're starting to build some uh, some synergy with that that crowd as well. And one of the things that I mentioned going into the season is I thought the the home and road records might flip. I don't expect them what they went 25 games on the road last year and 23 at home. Yeah, I think that might flip and I think they might win 
more than 25 at home. They might win like maybe 30 games at home. But I think they're going to be a, a better home team this year. Clearly a better t- home team than they were a road team. But I think they're going to be a better home team overall this year. And so far they're 4-1. and 4-1 one. Four and one at four home, 1-3 and three on the road. But the three losses came with without De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the hands of the juggernaut. Uh, two of them were at the hands of the juggernaut Rockets. Man, can't stop them. Just hope to contain them. Man, that, that Draymond video clip is just going to get played and played and played for the next day and a half. Yeah, James, he choked someone on the floor. That's not usual behavior. <laughs> uh, it's actually, most of the time, it's called assault. Yeah, it's, hey, I use the word attacked. Yeah. Mm. That's, 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 that's what, I, that's, that's, that's what and, we talked about today. I, I'm glad you, I brought it up earlier. You brought it up as well. You know, you got people talking about, oh, yeah, you guys do talk about it as the Warriors. No, it's the biggest story in sports mm. today. Sports Center's running it in on endless loop. And we're talking about it because it happened. They're not running Cats 33 and 12. No. They're we're running talking about it it happened. Uh, 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 Aaron Roberts to Nate Diaz move uh, <laughs> at the speakeasy. In the million dollar <laughs> dream. The, he, he, he got him in the, <laughs> the million the dollar clutch. dream. Uh, if only our boss listened to the show. No, he doesn't. He might listen. storm in the room like, what is going on in here? No, he wouldn't do that. He, 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 he walked in here one day and damn near ruined the story. Like, you just have to trust our version of the story. Versus his, because for a radio guy, he tore the boringest version of the story. I don't care if his version was the truth. Our version was way better. It's way better. Aaron, let the myth live, way bro. Better. You're, a, live. you're a badass to a lot of people. You're a hero to you a lot of people. You are a hero. You are a hero. But as you point out, he ain't never once listened to this show. Except when he goes to Sky River. He hears the show once a quarter uh, at Sky River Casino. By the way, our next date for Sky River Casino is set. Ooh. Forgot it. I have to look it up. <laughs> December. It's December seventh. Uh, okay, it's yeah. December seventh. Yeah, we'll be we'll be live. <laughs> we'll be live at Sky River Casino December seventh, uh, doing our live show with the hopes of the Sacramento Kings being in the semifinal of the playing tournament. If they are, it's gonna be lit. Yes. If not, we're just gonna have a really good show. Yeah. Well, you, you buried the lead. What was? There's this? another game. <laughs> Patriots and the Steelers <laughs> play that night. Ailey oh. Zappi versus Kenny Pickett. Be there, be square. They 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 threw that in the the reminder for our calendars. You know, you, you get these invitations to put stuff in our calendars, and it said Patriots and Steelers. And I'm like, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? Come watch Mike Tomlin coach a really bad team. The hell do you want me to do with this? Not only that, that's like four weeks from now. That what? team's that team's six and three. No, that's we, impressive. We don't want to put them in the top ten, but they're tied no. with like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah are they as good as the Dallas good. Cowboys? Uh, they're tied with your Miami Dolphins. Whoa, <laughs> James, we're well, not doing this. That team has been outgained every game of the week this so far. Dolphins this year. smack up the uh, smack, up, smack up the Steelers, but we're bearing the lead again. Nobody wants to watch the Patriots play football. No, no. <laughs> No. We could, hey, no come fine. to Sky River Casino. Watch one of Bill Belichick's final games <laughs> as the head coach of the New England Patriots. No, he signed an extension. Didn't you That's, get the memo? I heard. <laughs> I heard. Uh, Robert Kraft's got a lot of money, though. Mm. Uh, he has got a lot of money. Uh, a lot of uh, I don't who who laid this out earlier. Was it you? Oh, it was Kyle. Kyle may have said it on the Insiders. Suspend Draymond Green for what was it? Six games. Five games. Five games. Six games. 
five. The sixth game is the Kings Warriors playing national uh, TV. National, not playing in season tournament. Yep, I make that mistake <laughs> Every five day. times a week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you see the Clippers? I think this is correct, but they got eliminated out of their pool yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 well. <laughs> James Harden is so pissed. He's like, trade me somewhere else now. I want a mid-season <laughs> Vegas trip. Shout out to the Clippers trade already me in now. postseason form. He's holding out until he gets traded to a they team. got mathematically eliminated from winning their pool. Now, they could still get in there with maybe, you know, one of the wild card, but they, they're Harden, mathematically Harden's out there. I need to be traded to an in-season <laughs> tournament contender. Well, I need a contender well. just for the in-season <laughs> tournament. I want winners. <laughs> Kings will play in an in-season tournament game on Friday. Friday. Right? Yeah, San Antonio. In San Antonio. Wimby. That's a full. <laughs> Tilo and Casey watching on watch party with KSFM. Because uh, I think that'll be the first Kings game that we're watching during the during the show. Oh, no, it's not. We watched the Rockets game. Oh, it's yeah. a 4.30 start, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll be doing the show from home. Yeah, understandable. It's a yeah, four thirty start. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be yeah. able to watch the first half by halftime. That's when football will start. Because remember, we were worried about the uh, the only Monday night game we've ever wanted to see. Yeah, that's Monday. Yeah, the Kings Kings play on Monday, right? Yeah, they play Friday though. We're talking about the in season. Oh, I thought you were you were talking about uh, and watching just, the football. And game. it just dawned on I me mean, we won't be watching it here. We'll be watching it at the grocery outlet in we El Grove. Be watching at the grocery outlet. Yeah, we'll be watching. Maybe five seventeen, Bond Road. Come yeah, check us out. come to bring oh. bring some uh, 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 canned food. Uh, we're, we're doing our our seventh annual Thanksgiving food drive out there. What do you think the future this year is? Given what we've seen, it's early. Might be reactionary of Keon Ellis. I love Keon. Like the energy he brings to the court to me is is really special. Like, it's different than Malik Monk's. You know, Malik Monk just starts pushing the tempo and starts going crazy. Keon just fights. Like, you see him fight through screens. That put-back dunk he had in the game the other night was just wild. Mm. Um, he's, a, he's a brawler. And I think the Kings have, you know, had tipped to Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox. They've gone out and found a couple of these guys that have sort of this type of energy to them. Mm. The Colby Jones, the Keon Ellis types, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, maybe Jalen Slauson is that in, in a little bit bigger form too. But guys that like bring a different energy to the game. And like, I'm all here for the tryhards, you know, the guys that go out there and, and play with every bit of energy that they have. Um, you know, he's a long defender, he's super athletic, he doesn't uh, get caught up in screens like other players do. He really has a way of getting through and fighting and always being like a presence. Um, I don't know if that translates to him playing, you know, 40 games a season in a Kings uniform or not. Um, you know, the clock's already t- uh, ticking because he, he only gets 50 games as a two-way player. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a limitation on how much he can play unless you clear a roster spot, uh, which, again, I don't think the Kings want to do right now because they want to give uh, Petrushev a, a, a shot. Um, but like this is a player that you you found as a un, undrafted free agent rookie. You gave him a two way. You put him in Stockton and sort of said go do this. And and he did a great job last year in Stockton. 
and the other thing I like about him is what the Kings ask him to do is exactly who he was in college. This that's it. Like he is he plays defense, he hits his open threes, he brings energy. That's who he is. There the role translation is perfect. He's not going as Stockton and trying to be a twenty five point per game guy. Uh he they they've used him more as a point guard to have him bring the ball up, but Again, with this team, Sabonis is a point guard. Monk is a point guard. De'Aaron Fox is a point guard. You know, you it makes sense that Keon Ellis has developed his skills as a ball handler, um, but you don't need him to be that guy. Um, but I like what we're seeing. I, I don't know how long this lasts. Uh, I think Mike Brown has some some tough decisions to make going forward with how he's going to handle that backup point guard position. But again, it's it, to me, it's just a backup guard position. It's not even a backup point guard position. Um, like Keon's in the mix, and rightfully so. He's he's worked his butt off to to get there, and we're getting to see sort of the the fruits of his labor. Like he's he's done a really nice job of trying to make himself into an NBA player, and the instant response is, "Oh, he looks like an NBA player," just like Colby Jones looks like an NBA player. Wow. So the Kings, what they don't need, just real quickly, they don't need some crazy scorer, some crazy, you know, drive guy. What they need is like the Bruce Brown mold. And I think both of these guys can be that Bruce Brown type player. And good teams have those types of players that are impactful, don't need the ball, don't need a bunch of touches, but can still walk out of out of a game with eight points and three assists and two steals and a bunch of deflections and a plus, you know, six or plus eight they gave an impact on the court when they were whatever minutes they get. And I think that's one of the bigger things that Keon's brought. The second he steps on the court, you know he's there. And when he walks off the court, you don't feel like he did anything stupid and cost you. And, and you, your team didn't take a huge step back. He was a plus when he was out there, and, and that's good. So you, you guys talked about this a little bit on the insiders, but, I mean, maybe on Mitchell. You know, where, where does this leave him? We saw he didn't play at all. On Monday, um, what's what's next for him now with Keon showing that he's probably a guy that's going to be in the rotation? Well, I mean, the the truth is we don't know if he's going to be in the rotation or not. Like Mike, we think he, is. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Mike yeah. makes these decisions, and and again, I pointed out on the insiders that I think it is intri- intriguing that Colby Jones and Jordan Ford and Jalen Slauson, and I I think uh, Petrushev, they all went to the G League and played last night, and Keon Ellis didn't. He traveled with the team, right? So that's a big deal. Keon's part of the A squad, the travel team, right? Mm -hmm. So that's big. Um, But when it comes to Davion, it's tough. Like, if if Mike decided not to put him in the game in the last minute and a half when he put everyone else in, that to me was like a, whoa. Like, what are we doing here? Because that's that's a bigger deal. Um, Like, when Keon was a first guard in the game, and then he played pretty well. You're like, okay, I think he's going to get a second stint here in the second half. That's fine. But um, Mike has his, you know, are you in thing, right? Are you in? And he, the way Mike always describes it is, I want players that both have both feet in. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. So you can't be straddling the line. Because if you have one foot in and one foot out, it's really easy to take that front foot and take a step back and not be in. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need both feet in. And I think that's what some of this is about. 
Like when we watch Keon Ellis walk onto the court and boom, you see him. You're like, hey, look at that. Like the energy is different. He's moving all over. He's active. And the one thing I don't think I've even noticed is that he does the same thing that, that Davion does where he goes in for two minutes, two and a half minutes, and then he comes back out. And then De'Aaron comes back in and plays with Monk for a couple of minutes. And then he comes back out to start the quarter. He's doing the same rotation that he did with Davion, but Davion wasn't ever able to settle in. Keon instantly is like, okay, I'm here to earn my minutes. And he's just ready to play. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I feel for Davion. I keep saying this. It's never been about him as a player. It's always been about him as a fit. And, you know, I get what the Kings were. I think I get what they were doing when they drafted Davion. They knew that very quickly that they had De'Aaron Fox and they had uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And there was a very good chance that they were not going to be able to coexist after that first season, that eventually they were going to have to move one of them. So they went out and drafted another point guard. So they had that set up and then they did it. And like Davion's just, he's not the right guy for this team, or at least it does not appear. He's just not the right guy for this team. He can be the right guy for maybe like 12 other teams. He'd be great for Memphis. He could be great for the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. He could be great for, I don't know, like uh, the, the Toronto Raptors, the, the New York Knicks. Like it's just a different style. Even, hey, the Chicago Bulls, they could use a Davion Mitchell. But the type of offense that the Kings play, you know, it, it's it just doesn't really, it doesn't work. You know, it's like you do the running gun offense in, in the NFL. Like you, you know, spread formation, huge running gun offense. You don't go out and, and bring in a 250-pound run the ball 400 times a game, uh, 400 times a season running back. And that's what it just feels like. It, it It's, again, I'm not, like, I've been saying this for a couple of years, and it, it comes across it I that I don't like Davion. Yes. It's not that. Davion, it's that, JaVale. It's not that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> one, here and here. It's, it's very specific that I just see that I don't think he fits. And I think Same. the Kings feel like, I, I don't know, I haven't talked to everybody inside, but there's been some like questions like, okay, the jury's still out about how he's going to fit long-term. And I think we're getting closer and closer. And, and you know, someone asked a really good question in the chat earlier uh, when we were uh, when we were on the insiders. Well, does you think that Mike had to clear it with management that he was uh, that Davion wasn't going to play? And the answer is no. Hmm. Like I don't think Mike has to clear anything with it. Like the game before, he benched Javale McGee and he benched Sasha Vzenkov, mm-hmm. um, or two games before that, mm-hmm. like. He benched all the people they went out and got during the offseason. Like, Mike coaches the team. They Mike bring Brown in the talent. sticking it to Monty McNair. <laughs> no, I like, this is a team. This is, like, a group effort. Their communication's good. But if Davion's, Davion's not working, Mike has probably already had this conversation with Monty and, and uh, Wes about, like, what other things are out there, what what other adventures we might take this season. And to be to be perfectly fair to Monty's position like correct me if I'm wrong Hammer Jill was the one who hit me to this Monty with the Rockets was really involved with Mike Mm D'Antoni he would actually work with the coaching staff 
And I, I don't I don't know what that I don't know he, I don't know what to what to what degree. Monty would translate the analytics to the coaching staff. Okay. So he was the bridge between the analytics team and the coaching staff because it's one thing to have analytics, but it's another thing to take those analytics to Kevin McHale and Kevin McHale's like, What in God's name is this? Yeah, that like, was you with Harrison Barnes defensive stats earlier talking <laughs> yeah. to me. That's a hundred percent what it, it was. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, real quick before we get out of here, didn't mention it all day, but I'll mention it now just so it's on wax. Tonight, Kings, Lakers, certified, verified Drake Bars game tonight. I like, I like Kings, it. Lakers. Ham, ham bars tomorrow on the Insiders? No. Who raps on the Insiders? Damn. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> I'm going to have to get Kyle to step up his game. Uh, I've got videos of Kyle dancing to Mac Dre. Like, I think uh, he could. Boy, you could call him Mad Bars? Mad bars. It works. It works. I like yeah. it. Kyle, I hope like Kyle knows it. he's rapping tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> Let's end with this. Um, just for no reason. I happened to glance over the chat and found it funny. And it's Manny, so you never know. But Manny says, Mark is the Stuart Scott of broadcasting. Referring to Mark Jones. And our friend David Jackson replies, Manny, wasn't Stuart Scott a broadcaster? <laughs> Science. Isn't that like when A-Rod said the Dodgers were the Yankees in MLB or something like that? He said one of those. He mixed it up. Yeah, one of those. Shout out to Manny <laughs> and our man David Jackson right there. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, hit the thumbs up before you go. Hit the subscribe button. We're going to head over to 1025. We're going to give some tickets away to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Or Siberia. Uh, well, whichever one Kenny decides on saying on that particular break. Uh, Joe Coy and friends, we've got those as well. Make sure you're tapped back in with us tomorrow at 10 a.m. with the Insiders here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos Kings, light the beam! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 